Black Women to Watch is on a mission to tackle the underrepresentation of Black women. We seek to celebrate those who are power rising through the ranks by amplifying their voices and their stories. These women run companies, transform industries, and are the very backbone of our democracy. Amazing in their own right, they are distinguished leaders, and through their journey, we uncover the keys of inspiration. As Vice President Kamala Harris said, Black women are often too often overlooked. And at Black Women to Watch, we're changing the game. Welcome back to another episode of Black Women to Watch. I'm your host, Lauren Leggett, and today's episode is on a different vibration. We're talking about love and spirituality with a very special guest. Now, this platform has always been about celebrating professional growth for Black women. But it's important to note that outside of the businesses that we lead, we are women who have fulfilling lives. And for some, that can look like marriage and family. A 2019 article by the Washington Examiner titled Why Super Successful Women Struggle in Love inspired this very episode. Growing data has shown that getting a top job dramatically increases women's chances of divorce. In fact, women who become CEOs divorce faster than men who become CEOs. So the question we're posing is, can successful women prioritize family and love? Today's episode features Angela N. Holton, who was named by Yahoo Finance as one of their top 10 relationship coaches in 2020. She is an international dating and relationship expert, a speaker, trained and certified life coach, author, and founder of The Love Sanctuary, an online spiritual personal development site centered on helping women create the relationships that they love and deserve from the inside out. Angela has appeared on various television segments and has been featured in the New York Post, Free People, DatingAdvice.com, and DatingNews.com. Her writings have appeared on multiple online publications, including HuffPost, Elephant Journal, Tidy Buddha, and more. I'm sure this conversation will spark a lot of feedback, and we want to hear from you. So join the conversation on our Instagram page. Now let's get into it. Angela, welcome to the show. We are so excited to talk about this very meaty topic of love, relationships, and being a career woman. So welcome. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. So we start every episode with asking our guests their six-word memoir. Now, these are six words that you live by, so you can say really anything that speaks to you. What would you say is yours? Okay, so I have a couple, and they're a little over six words, but they are my mantras. And one is instilled by my grandmother is, where there's a will, there's a way. And the other is, feel the fear and do it anyway. Life is never going to be devoid of challenges, and we're always going to be confronted with opportunities to step out of our comfort zone. And so both of those statements allow me to grow and ascend into the greatest version of myself. Fear is something that we're all going to experience, but we get to choose whether fear stops us, and I'm not allowing fear to stop me. So I do it with fear or whatever's uncomfortable. And my grandmother's really big on, if there's not a way, you can create it. And I had that determination within myself. And 
it's needed in, as in entrepreneurship, you know, that there aren't always clear cut answers and you're often told you can't do this or it's not a possible or it's not available. And where there's a will, if you're determined, you will find a way to make it happen. And I believe that as, when it comes to anything and everything. And we're going to talk about relationships. And I think it applies to that. Let's go back to young Angela. Who was she and what inspired you to become a relationship coach? Oh, wow. What a great question. And I think when you dissect those mantras, I think it speaks to who I was as a little girl. I grew up with a single mother. My grandmother was a strong, independent, single woman. And my aunt, my mother's sister, was also a single mom. And so through that, I learned this fierce independence as at a young age. But also it became probably a disservice when it comes to relationships. But on the one hand, it's great to have in business. But on the other hand, it's like, how do you balance that when it comes to relationships? But in that, not growing up with my father in our home, though he was in my life, I felt the absence. I felt that absence of having a father figure, a masculine figure in my home, which made me feel that a little unsafe in the world. I, my mother and my sister, my, the women in my family, very strong, very capable. But there's a capability that women don't have. There's a limitation in our physical prowess. And I felt that as a young girl. And my father lived 2,000 miles away. And that subjected me to a little insecurity and sensitivity around not having male energy in my home. And so I've come to really look at all that closely, even more recently, and how it's really defined this path that I've gotten into as a dating and relationship coach, which I never planned this part. <laughs> never thought I'd be here, but I knew that I was going to be in service to people because I think being a child of divorce and suffering from a heartbreak, that was my first heartbreak. I was four or five years old. It taught me and created compassion and sensitivity in me. Sure, part of it was probably DNA. I was probably born and hardwired for sensitivity, but I understood what childhood sort of anxiety and um, I wasn't a depressed child by any means, but just sadness, maybe like just a little bit of, um, I knew what longing and missing my dad was like. I knew I wanted to help other people from a very young age. And it started in social work, psychology. I thought I was going to be a doctor. I trained in psychotherapy. And so it morphed into all these different things until I found really my life purpose and calling as a coach. And now I'm in the dating and relationship space. What's interesting about what you just shared is the idea that nothing was specifically taught to you, but it was all about what you observed. And I think that's true for many of us, which is why relationships can be so complex. It is. And for me, it's coming to that reconciliation even more recently that relationships require interdependence. And single parent families, particularly with, you know, black families where, you know, where women were encouraged to be strong. And even if that message isn't spoken, it's an inherent underlying message that we see from the strength of our mothers and our grandmothers and our ancestors. And the, the hidden message, and it's actually a limiting belief, is that we don't need men. And that was one of the beliefs that I learned from my grandmother, who I saw she was superwoman. And our lives never looked devoid, if you know what I mean, in the physical realm of the absence of a man. And so we were fully capable women, but that creates a detriment when you're trying to create space for a relationship because you don't necessarily learn what that looks like, what it's required to attract if you want that masculine energy. It's an energy, not necessarily gender specific, but for the sake of talking about men, you know, interdependence is required. Relationships require independence, 
in each individual, but they also require interdependence. And women, we don't have to always be strong. We don't always have to have it together. We don't always have to do things on our own. We don't always have to figure it out on our own. Although we're extremely capable of doing it, we don't have to. We don't have to get burnt out and tired trying to solve all of our problems and carry the load by ourselves because we've seen the load carried. I don't know about everyone listening, but I'm tired of carrying that and feeling that I was supposed to or had to because I saw all the women in my family doing it. And it was about a year ago that, or a little over a year ago that I was on a platform interview somewhere and I, it was on an Instagram live interview and I came out and I said, no, I, I need a man. And I need a man, not in a sense that I need to be validated by a man or I feel insecure without a man. Those, I don't feel those feelings. I've healed those voids in my heart. But I need a man for e emotional and practical support. That when it's the end of my day and I've been working hard and doing things, like it's nice to have that shoulder, that person there to support you. And the minute I admitted that vulnerability that I needed a man, I met someone. Someone showed up in my life and it was like, wow, okay, ladies, we need to be more vulnerable in that aspect of our lives and our desires if that's what we want to create. What does it mean to be a dating and relationship coach? Oh, thank you. Yeah, great question. So first, I like any type of coach, right? You're looking to improve and have someone have your, a bird's eye view of your weak spot, right? And your blind spot. And we often can't see our blind spot ourselves, which is why we hire a coach, a therapist or anyone, a mentor to help us see what we're missing. And that's where I come in as a coach. And in the area of relationships, I help you see your blind spot. What's getting in the way of you creating what you want? You're in point A, you want to get to point B. What's getting in the way? Likely, a lot of times it's fear, it's sabotage, it's a, um, a limiting belief that it's never going to happen. I'm too old. I don't deserve it. And everyone, it happens for everyone else but me. Those are a lot of the components that keep relationship success away from us. I help women understand. I work largely with women. I help them understand their relationship sabotage as well as their relationship patterns. And most of them are unhealthy or negative. And when I say that, people often think the extreme of an unhealthy relationship where maybe there was abuse of some sort. Not even saying, of course, that level of relationship, obviously you want some support, but just relationships that are unhealthy where two people are not meeting in a healthy, conscious way. We need help. We need help. We're not born with this manual or handed this manual on how to be in relationship. And so I help women try to understand what some of those practical tools and strategies are so that they can improve their dating, decrease the overwhelming confusion and frustration with dating, and set themselves up for greater relationship and dating success. Okay, so this platform is about career-driven women. And there's a, I don't know if it's a myth or a stereotype, but there's a belief that career-driven women have a hard time balancing love. Some of that is supported by the belief or assumption that traditional men don't want their partner to be out of the home. What would you say to that? I think we've convinced ourselves to believe that. I think sometimes we think that relationships and love is just going to happen serendipitously, that it's just things that happen magically or through prayer alone. And I think what is most important is for any woman to who's focused on her career, which is a lot of women who come to me, they're like, you know, I've spent the last 10, 15, 20 years focused on my career. I really want to make a relationship a priority. But the, it, the interesting thing is that women feel that they can't have both. You can have both. 
just you have to find time just like we find time to be in physical health. We go to the gym. You carve out time to make the things that we say. And I want to add that part that the things that we say are important to us because the things that we say we really desire and the things that we say that we really want, we make the time for it. And so I often find that women say or think they want a relationship, but oftentimes that I don't have time for it, I can't balance it, is often an excuse for fear. It's often a, a level of resistance. Uh, or the belief that it can't happen. So it's easier to think, oh, I just don't have time for it. Or it, it's a protective mechanism that keeps us, well, if I'm single and I can focus on my career where I have complete control over, or we think we have complete control over our businesses, I'm good. This part of my life, I can't really control. If it happens, great. If it doesn't. But I think at the end of the day, I think women often, not all, often say, if it happens, great. But deep down, there's a desire for it. And if your desire is deep for that, if your desire is deep to be a mother, a parent, make it a priority. Make time for it. Time does not stop for any of us. So sit down and write down the things you really want in your life. What does your ideal life look like? And if having a partner is part of that, get with a coach, get with a therapist, get with someone to help you make it a priority and just Make the time like anything else. You make the time for getting on the online apps. You find strategy to improve your dating prospects, to increase your pool. You find a way, right? What was my mantra? Where there's a, there's a way. And if it's a relationship that you want, you will find a way to make it part of your life. You know, we, if it's an excuse, we have to call ourselves out on it. And it, it's no longer okay to just say, I'm too busy for a relationship. If it's something you really want, you'll make the time for it. Those are great suggestions. In the absence of a coach, what can we do right now to examine ourselves? Yeah, I think the first step is to examine closely your relationship patterns. How are you getting into relationships? What do they look like? And how are the relationships ending? And then what type of partner are you attracting? Typically, there's a common thread in the partners we attract. But the other common thread is that we're the common denominator in each relationship. And so the first part is taking full ownership for the role that we play in our relationships and the relationships demise. Take full accountability. Journal, write those things down. What type of person do I attract? How does the relationship end? How do I show up in that relationship? What are my, not just my blind spots, but what are my flaws and, and, and weaknesses? We're imperfect and it's okay. We're not designed to be perfect. So where are my challenges in relationships? And one of the things that I think is really paramount if you're a single woman desiring partnership, you're truly ready to embark on this path in your life. I challenge you to ask your exes is how you can be better in your next relationship and be ready to and willing to hear the responses from your past partners. It's a vulnerable question, but the information you might gain from your partners is, is incredibly insightful. If you don't have that sense of introspection, if you can't look at your, yourself internally and acknowledge your, your, your deficits, we all have deficits. If you can't see them, if you can't see how your wounds and your triggers are showing up in your relationships, look at the landscape of your life. How are things turning out? How, how are the people in your life reacting and responding to you? Because we're constantly a mirror to ourselves and the people that show up in our life are mirrors to us. So look at your life, examine it, write it down. Write down who you're attracting, what those things have looked like. And I 
give you the dare and the challenge to ask your most recent relationship or even the last two or three is, how can I be better in my next relationship? At some point, we have to take accountability. We are the person that shows up wherever we go. There we are. And every relationship, there we are. Be honest with yourself. And that's where if you can't be honest with yourself, if you have created sort of defense mechanisms and barriers that you don't want to look within, again, that's where a therapist, a coach, someone can call you out in a very gentle and compassionate way, but help you see what you might be missing. Angela, what's next for you? Where can someone get in touch? Yes, thank you for asking. I, I'm a woman of faith, and so I listen to God every day. And sometimes I think I know what I'm going to be doing next, and then there's like, you know, an intercession or interruption, like, no, that's not what we have planned. So I can tell you what my thinking and my plans are, but I know that when we make plans, God laughs. So, you know, where I feel like I'm being steered in this work is, you know, the, the premise of my work, and this is what I want people to really understand, is to create the relationship that we desire, to attract partnership, sacred partnership. We have to become the partner that we're seeking. Be that person. Be the person so that what you feel is missing within your heart, you've completed that because you've become your own greatest companion. Now, that's not saying, again, not going back to saying I don't need a partner, but you're becoming your greatest companion because even when you're in a relationship with someone else, the closest person you will ever be to in your life is you. The person you're going to talk to more in life is you. So how are you talking to yourself? So my work is really about helping women cultivate loving partnership from the inside out. And what I'm seeing more, more and more into this work is really helping women create sacred partnership with their divine femininity, which is an essence that's often lost because we, again, become so independent and the feminine is interdependent. So I want to help women become more feminine and vulnerable. And the keys to magnetizing a partner and anything we want in life is from that place of vulnerability. It's our superpower. It's such a sweet spot. And in that essence, it's connecting with who God created us to be. And so true divine partnership for me is I can't lead women to finding their male masculine king on this planet without connecting them first to the sovereign king of God. That's where my work is headed, is I want women to really have a deeper, rich connection with source, divine energy intelligence, however you see God, mother nature, is to really connect with that because from that place is where we tap into our true divine essence as the women of co-creation and vulnerability and the ability to receive things that we never could have imagined. It comes from that place. So that's where my work is getting deeper into. I still teach, I teach courses I'm hoping to do more in-person retreats. This year, I'll be trained as a yoga instructor by the end of the year. So I'm hoping to do international retreats, including singles and couples, and continue just sharing my work and helping people grow in relationship with God and with themselves. I'm just doing the work that I feel called to do and that, you know, put on my path that this is my purpose. I never wanted to do this work. I felt like an imposter. I didn't feel like I had everything figured out. But what I can tell you is that I show up every day in relationship with myself. And any woman that works with me, while I can't guarantee when he or she will come into your life or whatever it is that you desire, I can guarantee that I will help you change the relationship that you have with yourself. And from that place, the look of your life will change.
if you put the work into it. And the other part I just wanted to share before I close is that dating tactics, they don't work. They're great to hear, but the tactics of when to text someone, when to call, when to do this, when to have your first sleepover, when it, you know, they don't change relationship success. If they did, relationships wouldn't be ending and, and divorce and 50% of marriages ending in divorce. We'd have so much more loving, healthy relationships if dating tactics work. But they don't, but they make for good entertainment and they make for good. So if anyone wants to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Angela N. Holton. And I'm also teaching a eight-week course, which we may have to stretch into nine weeks. It's an virtual live course with me each week and an international community of women, wherever the women are drawn that show up are present. And we go through some nitty gritty, self-healing, transformational work. And I bring you the best of speakers and teachers to help you in that journey. We talk about divine femininity, forgiveness, sabotage, vulnerability, fear, inner child work, healing wounds from our mother, healing wounds from our father. And we have John Gray, who's one of the relationship gurus who were men are from Mars, women are from Venus. He's one of our guest speakers. And we do some ecstatic, sacred embodiment dance with Estrella. She's a feminine activator. And it's just awesome. It's my baby. And I'm proud of it. And if you're interested or anyone can find me, they can email also info at Love Sanctuary. Thank you so much for your time today. You've really opened the conversation and expanded what we can share about love, relationships, and spirituality. This has been fantastic. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. Thanks so much for checking out another episode of Black Women to Watch. We hope that you're leaving with helpful nuggets of inspiration that can propel you even further into your journey. Now, if you like what you heard, take a moment to follow us on Instagram at Black Women to Watch and leave a comment sharing your feedback on this episode. And also share this episode with all of your friends so that they can be a part of the conversation as well. If you have an idea of a guest that we need to host on this show, be sure to visit our website at www.blackwomentowatch or hit us up in the DMs on Instagram and let us know who we need to invite on this show because we're always looking for more transformational inspiration that can help us all in our journey. Another episode is on the way next week, but until then, stay inspired. Stay inspired.